Special thanks to everyone who pledged money to crowdfund the show this week, including Matt Lacey, David Walker, Tim Edwards, Iliko Ella and Andy Hagen. There's a full list of our supporters on 361podcast.com, along with information on how to help us from as little as $1 per episode via Patreon. Hello and welcome to 361, a weekly podcast about mobile tech and everything around it. My name's Ben Smith. I'm Rage Blindfold. And I'm Ewan McLeod. This is Season 12, Episode 7, and this week we're talking about operators. How our own choices have changed since Season 1. The importance of customer service. And asking what would make us switch. Back, chaps, how you doing? Oh, come on! Here we are again. Hello. Say something, Ray. Say I'm, something. I'm doing very well. And how about you, Ben? I'm good. Thank you for asking. How do you do? How do you do? So we, we are honoured this evening to be joined by Rage Blandford himself. No, no, no. Rage Blindfold. Rage Blindfold. Yes. Sorry, Rage yes. Blindfold. Yes. What's the background on this? Well, so last, last, <laughs> <laughs> last, oh dear, Ray, oh dear, he's not happy. Rage deflating. Yeah. Uh, so last week, Rafe shared with us that his iPhone autocorrect name was Rage Blindfold, yes. as identified. But actually, the Rafe bit gets corrected to Rage, yeah. and Blindfold was from when I was misquoted in a media appearance oh, yeah. oh, right. so it's a, it's a composite joke it then, oh, I see, it right. then went around the office and i stupid i can't why do i do these things to myself well, and, and i mentioned it in passing yeah. and well, some unkind person decided to start using it a lot more and it's no, also it's going around thing, the office it? it's it's a, is it a meme so are, we, are we a meme yet or it's, it's like a well then it's, it's more than that it's now a fan account yes. so since episode six went out i'm now being followed by at rage blindfold on twitter yes which is very exciting because Rafe was convinced it was me that set it up. I'm, I'm still convinced it's no, one it's, of it's not, no, yeah, it's I not me. I was, I was followed this morning and I just had to chuckle. So yeah. well done whoever did that. So thank you very much. You have very much made our lives. Uh, I could, would achieve nothing more in my life, more <laughs> more valuable or entertaining than that. And um, also a big thank you to Ricky Cadden, who's made a beautiful GIF, GIF animation of Rage Blindfold and what he might look like, mm. So which I've been very much enjoying so on Twitter So is your well. alter ego there, Rage? So uh, rage, if, rage, Rage, if, Rage, if, Rafe, sorry. If you'd like to get... At, if you'd like to get if you'd like to get updates, then definitely follow at Rage Blindfold and, and see what comes out of that account. But yes. also you can follow at 361 Podcast for all your the official, fav- the official. All, all your official at 361 Podcast for all your favourite Rafe gifts and memes. Exactly. Good stuff. Okay. Uh things of the week. Well, do we need to talk about April first, especially given I didn't do one this year, did you notice? You didn't. I usually do an April Fool. Nor did one of your minions. And well, Roland got there first. Roland's the head writer, uh, probably the only writer, one of the only writers, on Mobile Industry Review. Yes. And uh, he'd already got there by the time I logged in to think, right. I went to Sauna and I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do Vodafone buys Atom Bank. That's yeah. what I was going to do. Yeah. I thought that would be quite entirely topical. That was going to be my April. And then I logged in and I just looked and then said, oh, no, he's done it. Yeah. So well done, Roland. Next year. Yeah, next year. Next, next year. year. Rafe. Rage. Rafe. <laughs> He's making a face. It doesn't really work. You're not, you're not happy with this. Did you you really it? need to ask that question. Did you do an April Fool's? I didn't know. No. So the 361 podcast. Um, I don't like April Fool's so much. It's just a joke. I, I like her. I like that was fantastic. Joke. So what so, did you do? So did you see it, Rafe? I'm afraid I didn't. 
Oh, this, this is going to this is going to come oh. as even more of a surprise. <laughs> All right, okay. put your earphones in, please, dear listeners. Because I, I just, I just, thought, oh, I'm going to be on the receiving end of this, aren't I? I just thought, it, I just thought it would be funny to announce a line of Blanford Estate merchandise to coincide with the opening of the Concrete Structures Museum, which has been open on the estate recently. <laughs> Did you not see this? Did you not see that? <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> I'll take my lies on you. <laughs> well, no, it's official merchandise. You can buy it in the gift shop as you leave the museum. Yes. There yeah. is no gift shop. We don't want no, well, anyone. Wait. Just wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait so, a minute. so I, I tweeted. You not, have you not seen this? So I, I tweeted this and I, I tweeted a picture of a commemorative mug. I think it's fair to say that the 361 account was somewhat deluged with requests. Yeah. So I'm very pleased, actually, this evening. Have you, now, got, have you got something there? Now, very pleased for the first time ever to be able to present Rafe Blanford with the first piece of Blanford Estate... The first press. Mem- <laughs> oh, memorial. Me. No, memorabilia. We made <laughs> just... just yeah, over. so he's just passing over, so... <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's right, very lovely. Um, have you got no, it's a, it's now, a white it's, mug? Could you describe? Bo- could you describe what's, it? What's in the front? What's in the front? It, it's a lovely bone china mug. Yeah, it's not bone um, china. But it's, so what's in the front? It, first? It's yeah. got what appears to be a picture of a house. It, it says Blanford Manor, Sussex. So yeah. I'm impressed that you've managed to take a picture of a place that doesn't actually exist, apart from as a figment of your imagination. Go and on. on the back, it's got Blanford Manor, Sussex. Set in over 1,200 acres of grounds, that's the wrong amount, <laughs> <laughs> including the UK's only actively curated... Oh, UK's, sorry. The UK's, the UK's. I was going to be impressed that you got the name of the river right. All right. <laughs> only actively curated collection of concrete structures. Blanford Manor is the ancestral home of the Blanford family. Well, I'm, it, it is, I'm, I'm it actually is. lost for words. <laughs> it's... I thought you could sink no lower. There we go. So, so I'm feeling really persecuted. Let me see that. I'm going to get one of them. It is very lovely. We have to. Oh, it's got a 361 podcast logo on it. It does have the 361 well. podcast logo on yeah. there yeah. as well. We've yeah. presented that to you, Ralph Blanford, as a commemoration of the event and indeed to celebrate our frequent reference to uh, the Blanford Manor. I think I'm going to have to leave that on my uh, desk at work. Just, just for all the fans. But for, for those who said, because the people actually want these. Right? Well, and, and, uh, and that, just, I'm going to get one. So that one there is yeah. a special one. Right, that's the special but, edition. Yeah. You know how sometimes you have a funny idea and you take it too far? Mm-hmm. And you know how making one mug is mm-hmm. not far enough? Hmm. So I'm, what have you done? I'm delighted to say that a fairly sizable box of porcelain arrived in the office today. <laughs> just, just no. So if you are, a, I think that was used to me, but if, great. If you are a five dollar uh, an episode sponsor, so if yes. you are our platinum tier yes. uh, Patreon subscriber, congratulations! We're going to be sending you a Blanford Man. And oh, Mark. fantastic! So uh, everyone who gives five dollars an episode is going to be receiving a, uh, a Blanford so that basically Man. Basically, those are the people that you read out at the start. Yeah. When you support us through Patreon, there's kind of two tiers. Yes. There's the people who support the show, and we're very grateful. And, Thank and you. all yes. those people get named on the website, but the people whose names I read out, they're the guys who give kind of like the top tier of sponsorship. And there's a, a small select group who are all going to be getting those mugs in the post. Can I so ask I'm, a question? If you, I'm going to be writing to you. If you're listening at the minute and you think, do you know what? I will do my $5 support. Does that mean you do you qualify for a mug then? So what we'll do is if you would like a mug, you can go onto Patreon and you can increase your subscription and you can make that donation. And what we'll say is that we're going to do a second print run of Blandford Manor merchandise. And uh, so we'll produce that at the end of this season. So it's in a couple of weeks' time. And then we'll do a second distribution for anyone who's missed out this time around. So, but for now, 
is very exclusive. And what we might do is leave these mugs just for the exclusive guys who supported us from the beginning. Yes. And then we'll do a second different design for people who'd like to support us in the future. But oh, that's Bl- fantastic. Blanford Manor merchandise. This is the last time I go away somewhere on a holiday where I there's think, no connectivity. Uh, that's why you didn't see it. That's yeah. why, because he was in wheels. If you'd like to see pictures of the mug, yep. we've set up a 361 podcast Instagram. I'll just, I'll just put it on now. Yeah, yeah. We've set up a 361 podcast Instagram and you and McLeod is, is taking some pictures of the mug even well, as we the, speak. See, my view with the Instagram was to only have it featuring photos of Rafe. Well, perhaps we could feature f- photos of Rafe holding the mug. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, and okay. enjoying it, as I can see, he um, already does. It's, it's, um, I, if anyone's been... Li- sorry, you're right? I'm overwhelmed. Oh, that's great. Uh, because I'll, uh, shout out to Digitas LBI. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Who are hosting us here. That's where we, we do the recording. One of Rafe's colleagues is one of our top-tier sponsors. So what's, what's nice to know is that there will be one of these mugs well, in the Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm just yeah. thinking there are probably Could a few... Come to an accidental end rather quickly. I think there are a few at Digitize LBI yeah. who are really... I think they would probably want a um, one of these mugs. Yeah. I, and, I mean, a demand was demand was. But aren't you getting high. the cafe downstairs done? Yes, this is do true. Do you need some... Um, I think we'll have unicorns on those particular okay, ones. Okay, brand ones yeah. well you might want a few different ones there we go so a special treat for Rafe Blanford's has specially handcrafted mug and, uh, and what a, what a treat is I, I, I am slightly disturbed by just how much you have clearly enjoyed doing that and uh, putting Ben in charge of the marketing for the podcast was perhaps an oversight on my part <laughs> I just I thought he was being silent you're just going oh, I just I, I thought when he sees this he'll go nuts but I, anyway. I, I really thought I'd offended him because he didn't tweet me back <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> cool right okay. what we're we talking about now all right, so we're talking about mobile operators yes. and we're talking about the standard of service people receive. Mm. But the reason we're doing that yes. is, well, do you remember where we were nearly five years ago today? Go on, no. Yeah. We were on the beach. We were on the beach. In of course Cam. we were, right, yes, yes. So in a few weeks' time, 361 Podcast is five years old. Ooh. Can you believe it? <laughs> Ray Black was having a moment. <laughs> Well, I can get excited about this. Thing. So, so we start, that is great. Yeah, we yeah, started yeah. recording this when Rafe Blanford was six. <laughs> um, so five years ago, and one of the topics we talked about at the very, very earliest mm-hmm. days, and in several of the episodes early, early seasons, was all about what operators did we use, what did we like about them, what did we dislike, what did we want, why yes. were we frustrated, yes. and, and kind of that shaped some of the early part of the podcast. And we spent a lot of time beating operators up. Yes. And we've just done a recent episode where we kind of updated our view on what operators were doing and, you know, the direction they they were taking. But we actually wanted to kind of make it a little bit more personal this time around and manage to talk about operators again, despite saying that we're done and dusted with them, basically. So let's kick off then. Let's go back five years. Yes. What were you doing and what were you using, you and McLeod? And let's track forwards and use our own experiences as a a journey to to perhaps to to enlighten Okay, right. So I I was a Vodafone snob. No, <laughs> yes, that must, that must have been a very exclusive tariff. It was, it was. That was over a hundred pounds, basically. Did I you get a free mug when you? <laughs> I, I was a triple A mug, triple A customer. I spent a lot with them. It's um, only, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I've just. I mean, don't worry, Rafe. I don't have another present in here. But I'm just reaching in my bag. I've actually just shown Rafe that all the mugs come individually packaged for shipping. You see, so oh, that's very perfectly nice. secure. You see, in a nice styrofoam thing. Oh, that's there, lovely. So. Yeah, there we go. It's a slight misuse of Patreon funds, myself. But you know, what am I saying? I, I, I doubt the Patreon. 
Netherlands will agree. I think they will be delighted to receive their Blanford mug. Not a penny of Patreon money was spent on mug, those mugs. That is a Smith Enterprises. <laughs> no, no, it's a Smith McLeod Enterprise. Smith McLeod Enterprises. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so you were a Vodafone snob. No, as a Vodafone snob, because way back when you had three networks, you had um, Vodafone O2 and One to One, right? So One One to One or, or T-Mobile as it became, that was the cheap one. It was over capacity. It was free or your free evening and weekend calls, and the quality was not good. I did not like having and I was a, a one-to-one customer at one point I just didn't like it when I was phoning people was that your first network I think it was I think my first was one-to-one actually because I was I was a student at the time or maybe it's a I think it might have been Cellnet but anyway they, I didn't like having the poorer quality network then three launched I've been a, a customer of three I've been a customer of every network basically ongoing for quite a while but the, the primary was all Vodafone because I felt and I think to a large extent it was the best, or I mean, O2 was great as well, but it was the best operator to use. And when I'm making calls to everybody, when I'm doing my business on the mobile, I don't want to be the one that gets cut off. I'd rather it's the other person that gets cut off because th- their service is poor, but I've paid for the best service. And I think to a large extent, I definitely got really good service. I really enjoyed the innovation that came from Vodafone. And I enjoyed paying the, you know, I think at one point I was in the 75 quid a month plan. Okay, so five years ago, you're on Vodafone, you've been on Vodafone phone for a while yeah. having decided that this is this is the high end this is the brilliant this is the amazing it's fantastic Rafe Blanford well like you and I sort of gone through a couple of networks I had been on Orange because I wanted to get hold of the P800 and at the time that Sony Ericsson device was only available through Orange at kind of the launch time I also experimented with three very early on again because I wanted to get hold of a specific handset but also wanted to try out 3G But then I realised that if I wanted to use mobile phone back in in Sussex, I had to be on O2 because it's the only thing that had signal at home. No no transmitters in the grounds of the Blanford estate? Well, if there was a Blanford estate, believe me, I would have been one of the first to put a mobile phone mast up on the ancestral lands. In fact, the uh, people came round and said, would I like to sign the petition against the mobile phone mast that was being put up? in the local parish and I said no but I'll start a petition saying I would like it to be put up they weren't very amused by that and actually consequently I've been on O2 ever since because it's the only one that has good reliable coverage in rural Sussex and I think you know there are still a large number of people who their choice of network is dictated by the quality or lack of the coverage I mean even with the things like the uh, kind of the Pico stations you know um, sorry the uh, things like short signal yeah, yeah. yeah yeah Um, with the Pico cells, you know, that helps in the house maybe, but not in the garden or in a slightly wider area. And and I think it's still the case even now. Sorry? The orangery or the... Well, (laughs) indeed. And so actually I haven't really changed because of that. And you couldn't if you wanted to. Yeah, exactly. So five years ago, I was with three. I joined three when they launched X-Series, which was... Oh, yeah, that was amazing. They'd been going for a while, but that was their big push into being the data network. Were you a gold customer um, or a silver? I think I was gold. Because you had the sling player, didn't you? Yes, so I I, I I did upgrade, but they launched unlimited data on a small selection of handsets but then they partnered it up with services that would take advantage of that so they they provided sling boxes and a sling box client that would go on your phone and they provided a push email client that was actually for the time you know remarkably well performing they actually ran their own push email servers that hooked up to your email account and so I was with three then and I'd been with three for a while and I actually stayed with them for then and it was it was twofold really one was the cost because they were a challenger network and the cost was quite low but for me 
all the things they were doing about being data first was exactly what I wanted. And yeah. so I felt I was very much, you know, kind of living in the future. Were you still one of those people that I would phone and you would, you know, you would hang up immediately, not because it was me phoning, of course, but, but you I would, wouldn't answer when I saw you ringing <laughs> because the, the network was a bit poor. You know, the, te- the phone network was a bit poor. And then I, when I'm when I'm trying to speak to you, are the one that's going. Uh, 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 uh. Well, I, I think three had, did have that problem, but if we go if we're only if we're only going back five years, I'd say by that point the it network was, the network was, was beginning getting, to get to better. Good enough. So yeah. I I, t- I did a test actually for you for mobile insurance review mm. where I I used the Slingbox service. So I connected the Slingbox into my Skybox, the Slingbox to my Sky TV subscription at home, and I travelled from my office in central London all the way to my home that was then in Twickenham, which is about 25 minutes of overground train travel outside London through West London, which is full of cuttings and mm. you know black spots and all kinds of things like that. And actually, I managed to watch live TV through that whole journey, and for me, that was a real benchmark. Was that? Okay, it was only that journey, and it was that particular route, but it was possible, and it was yes. it was doable quality. So, so Ewan referred to himself as a Vodafone snob, and I actually think going back about five years, at that point it was still true, but subsequently, I'm not sure there's been that much difference between the networks in the kind of the major urban and metropolitan areas. Now, I think there is sometimes still a difference in signal strength and the way that gets reported. And there are certainly areas where one network will do better than another. But overall, it's harder to pick out a difference. And certainly, if you look at some of the studies, actually, there's been quite a variation on who comes out as the top network. And it rather depends on where you test for. I mean, I've tried out a couple of others for various reasons. But actually, I think that's kind of the point. That factor around handset choice and around the kind of network coverage has gone away for a lot of people. As I say, rural areas, I think that's still network coverage is a big deal. That's also representing the fact we basically have two physical networks in the UK now, and actually it's an either-or thing. So let's fast forward now through to present day. Yeah. You and McLeod, have you changed networks? Yes, I have. Yeah. So what have you changed to and why? I've changed to three. I think I've probably mentioned that before, but that was quite a momentous thing for me because I, I was holding on for a long time with Vodafone, but I was getting increasingly, increasingly annoyed of the E. Um, now, you know that E is the edge, the edge network. The 2G, oh, well, 2.5G-ish, you know. I was quite happy with 2G or it, as long as it worked, but it would just switch to edge. It would be 3G, 3G, and then i go through another, another area, and then it would turn to edge. It just wouldn't work. It was so, zero, there was nothing happening. So your perception was that network coverage was poor, at least network coverage for 3G the, was Yeah, poor. the data speed I felt was few, was poor. I, at one point, I was able to maintain a phone call all the way to the Channel Tunnel, right? So from King's Cross on the, the Eurostar all the way to the Channel Tunnel, maybe you might get cut off once. I was travelling to Paris a lot at that point. And then I noticed that across 6 to 12 months, it became impossible. I was, I was having to redial 10, 15 times, and that was normal. And that's because they were busy, I, I presume, refarming the spectrum over to data and so on. But I'm thinking, why am I paying for what I viewed was a substandard service? And I had all my other accounts with other, with EE, uh, with O2, with, uh, with 3. And I thought, do you know what? They, these are actually really good. And I, was, I, was, I started using my, my 3 uh, account or my EE account more when I was commuting. I thought, right, I've had enough. I've had enough. Why am I paying these guys a lot of money? So I was at least £100 a month. Once you added everything up, and there's yeah, I would go away for a couple of days for business. And that's you know, five quid a day with it, you know, plus fat yeah. and all this stuff. But then I thought, oh, and I've got a Spotify. I've got a Spotify. You know, the freebie, I, the freebies, the freebie you. thing kept me for a little while. I thought, no, right, can it? Okay, so you moved to three, yeah, which is cheaper. I was horrified. Yes, which is cheaper, much and, cheaper. And do you feel less premium now? Yes, but 
Yes, are, are yes you, but are you I'm, less I'm happy delighted with that. I'm not normally happy. I like to have the best. And actually... But you, um, is that because you feel there's no significant difference I, now? This is exactly right. If I don't see any benefit, it was really annoying me. I was feeling like throwing the phone across the, you know, the, the train compartment just with the annoyance. And so I'm delighted with it, really delighted. I went okay. in, I bought the 25 quid a month unlimited yeah. everything option. Okay, so Ben, how about you? I stuck with three all the way through to about two months ago. Wow. So, and I've been with three, and I, I checked out. I you must have been I've been long with, term. I've been with three 11 years. Did you actually have you cancel your account? Yes. That must have been painful for the, the Indian call centre. They didn't give a monkey's. Really? Uh, really? Didn't care. Offered some deals, but nothing particularly special. And I was convinced that actually three had found their sweet spot because they'd done all that early data work, yeah. which had got me as a customer. Then when 4G came along, they were the first network in the UK not to charge a premium for it. Yep. 4G just turned up one day. And it wasn't the best coverage, and it wasn't the earliest, but it was free. Yes. And I actually wouldn't have minded paying for it, but a bit like you, yep. I just didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to have to Doesn't ring up and change yeah, yeah, a tariff. Yeah, I know, I know. Just one day, 4G came on my phone and things got better, and that was good. So I was actually pretty happy, but they are going through a process now of killing off a lot of the very old, attractive deals, including that one you're on, actually, that unlimited everything yeah, for £25 yeah. a month. And they've been writing to customers. And what really pissed me off was not guys, we're not a small network anymore, we're going to have to increase the tariffs, yeah, we've, yeah. Got to, we've got to do some spectrum refarming, we've got some technical this stuff. This stuff costs money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to increase the prices or we'd like to sell you some more premium services. It was, hey, some fantastic news. Would you like a better deal? It's going to be £7 a month more. And so lots and lots of people in the UK on those tariffs are getting the, getting the letters, as they're called, you know, and um, effectively they're being kicked off those tariffs. Yes. And... Unfortunately, three are framing it in a very, very sort of crude way as an improvement. You know, you've got a better tariff, but none of them are better. And the thing was, I, I said, right, that's it. This is terrible. I'm going to go somewhere else. And I looked and they were still the cheapest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it irritated me that they were asking me Just to pay by more. asking more. The, yeah. They were still the cheapest. No. And to be fair, they were the cheapest for unlimited data option. And I said, no, I'm going to pay more somewhere else on principle. Because I'm, you know, I'm not happy with that type of service, right. which is, you know, basically not feeling like you're dealing with an organisation that treats you honestly. So have you gone to? I jumped ship to EE, mm -hmm. which, if you recall, a few years ago, I was my favourite activity was taking EE to the advertising you're, standards. Yeah, you, people, <laughs> you, were, you were not happy. Well, because EE and T-Mobile historically before them yeah. had this problem with the word unlimited, which yes. is they would say unlimited to sell you, but then brackets but actually limited. And so several times I was involved in, and once I led a... A, a, a coup? No, I don't. Well, a complaint to... to Mob uh, app. Did you, did you go to their headquarters and... Pick for no, I, I, I just torches. Wrote, I just used the advertising standards people who are getting pretty adept at fixing this stuff now because they've seen it all before. Oh, so another one in from but Ben it, Smith it, every it, Monday. It's kind of interesting, though, because there has been a rollback on Unlimited and nearly all the operators now actually do put a cap on that data usage and i think it's because yeah. it's got to the point where there are a lot more people using data very heavily before yeah. they could kind of get away with it but now it's not uncommon for people to be using 5 10 gigabytes i never had a problem with fair use but the problem was that unlimited started to get limited in other ways so mm -hmm. they would say unlimited internet but the only unlimited part would be web so not push messaging or email yeah, or yeah, chat exactly. or and and again you know what Rafe bang on where they were trying to stop people torrenting and so they close off ports and things. So, you know, having really disliked EE, thought their customer service, thought their attitude to their customers were horrible, a jump ship. And I've decided now that since 
even operators I've been with 10 years are going to treat you badly as soon as it suits. I'm just going to hold my nose and go with the guys that offer, in my case, I went for the highest speed data. EE, yeah. for me, offer the most 4G in the most places and the, and the highest throughput on that network. And in six months or 12 months, if somebody else offers it, I'll jump ship again. As I said, I mean, I haven't switched away from O2, but what I have done is used three when going traveling in places where offers the kind of the three like home where there's no cost yeah. of roaming. And that'll be and a I've, big loss for me because I travel to Ireland very, right. very frequently and I travel to the US where we have family. So I'm going to pay a lot more there. Um, I probably, on those times, will go and get a pay-as-you-go SIM. So that's exactly what I've been doing and just paying yeah. £20 to have the unlimited data because, frankly, it's about the same cost as paying the £3 or so a day that I would pay O2 in Europe to have kind of, in theory, unlimited data, but that gets limited quite quickly. It can be slow. And this way I don't have to worry about it. And as kind of a side effect of that, I've actually been using it as a second SIM in the UK because I've actually been travelling enough that I've been topping up several times in a row. And well, actually it's been kind of a, a nice thing to me. To make me enough think, would I, would I maybe think about switching to 3, but actually it isn't different enough to O2. But there is still things that will make me think about I'd actually go with that operator. And that kind of surprised me because I didn't expect that to happen. So Ewan, what's the mm. decider for you now when you're thinking about what network to use? What decides you? Money, yeah. But I'm paying to say in five years, I don't really care. However, you know, I, I just I want the facility. It's like yeah. electricity. I just want electricity. I don't really care who provides it so as you, long as it's good. However, let me point out that with three... Uh, I was just in Sicily. Just in Sicily. Uh, over the weekend. and uh, Just went to Italy for the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I was doing an event. Very nice. But that's a three feel-like-home country. Yeah. Just brilliant. So when I was speaking to my wife in the evenings, it was fantastic. So I was out there working. But I didn't have... You know, that just... It's great. You don't have to panic. You just don't so think I had about a it. a nice, proper conversation. Data yeah. on all the time. So how much Data do you think on, you saved? £211. Wow, is that's that alarmingly precise? How do you know that? Because they they text me. Oh, fair enough. Told me. Uh, yeah. So that, I think that's clever because actually you smart would, move. You, you wouldn't necessarily do it do it like that, but I've certainly found that ability to call back from those countries was actually a major thing because you know previously you'd pay for data and maybe get a local sim, but actually calling was still a big cost, and yeah. so I think actually three have stolen a bit of a march on their competition by doing that kind of thing. So for Rafe, you well presumably your decider is entirely coverage. If someone else covers the Blanford estate, you could choose them. But, but you are less in the Blanford estate now, right? Now that you've got your big... But the, the city pad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so in the city, I don't care, any operator, but I'm still in Sussex enough that... And it's actually one of the times where I really want the mobile phone to work reliably because I'm out Does of the office. Does it have to be the primary SIM, though? Because that, that, this is my... But I don't really mind now well, those, where the those, SIM is... The, the, he's, the, got, he's, he's got to go back, though, Ewan, because those peasants don't repress themselves. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing, Ewan. Actually, I still want just one sim and so actually well, no, see that's because of the way the market is structured all right exactly and so that's where i still think there's room and I, I was actually tried out TruePhone again quite recently and they had this ability to have multiple sims on one number now it doesn't work in my case because it's they're not using the kind of the right network as far as i'm concerned for coverage but i'm definitely open to sort of having multiple sims in one number and, and potentially this idea of I've looked into it actually of having there's a, now an MVNO in the UK that 
works across all the UK operators and will choose which one is kind of the best coverage. Which would work for you. Which would work for me, but actually their data pricing isn't attractive at the it's moment. It's quite high, isn't it? It's um, per megabyte. And actually that's the problem with most of the MVNOs still, is that data, be and that's actually the primary consideration for me now. When well, might, I, yeah. I just don't make that many calls from a, a mobile. You know, I've even looked at sort of switching it over and doing most of it over, you know, some kind of voice over IP, but it's not quite there yet. I tried the Vodafone Sure signal, which was their, their yeah. Pico cell, yeah. 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 and I'll put it politely, it was not a success for me. I had fibre in my home, yeah. so I had reasonably high-speed broadband. If I did a large download, the device would disconnect, yeah. and so I would get cut off making a phone call in, oh, the, in the home. And, and, you know, it's by the same token, I've tried O2's 2Go. It's a Telefonica product, actually. Mm. And I've done that in areas where there's no coverage at all. And it just hasn't quite been reliable enough. It's a nice idea. And when it works, you do go, it's Do you know fantastic. what does work is uh, the Vonage. There's a Vonage extensions app. So if you're a Vonage customer, as I am, you can use that on your phone with Wi-Fi. So and that, that does work beautifully abroad as well. Vodafone and EE both offer native Wi-Fi calling on mm. suitably equipped devices now. And that's the Samsung and the iPhone devices. And I find that much more reliable than using, so they, a, using a Pico cell. And that was one of the deciders for me jumping to EE, even though I didn't really like them. Is that making a call yes. or receiving a no, call? Both, both. So you can, you can switch on So you've got no signal, but you've got Wi-Fi. So it's basically yeah. using the UMA technology, which you know came in, what, four or five years ago yeah. on some of the US carriers. T-Mobile was one of the early proponents yeah. and it's now got to the point where it works without you having to think about it. and if you buy your iphone or your device from that operator it will just come set up ready to go now on the yeah. iphone you can set up one that you bought direct as well but i'm just impressed by that's actually one of those seamless improvements that i i suspect a lot of people using that don't even know they're using it on my iphone i'm just connecting to race blanford's wi-fi now it changes from ee to ee wi-fi call operator there and does a similar thing but it's interesting that i'm wondering what it is that will attract us to networks because doing a bit of homework this week so I, as is often my want i was on the, i was on the radio again this were week. you yes i was on radio the bbc radio 4 were you providing semi-insightful commentary ben? semi-insightful commentary is if you i'm your go -to, how many times you've been in the radio this I, week? I, i'm your go-to guy for you yeah, i think i can talk about that oh, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, so i was on radio berkshire Ooh. Who, who care about Vodafone because that's where yeah. Vodafone oh, takes you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was on Radio 4, a consumer oh, program. Oh, oh, proper respect. Radio 4. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. That, what, those what are, those what, are Rafe's people. What, right. what, are you, what are you doing on a podcast? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Slumming it with you, Schlepp. Um, so as part of the research I was doing for talking about Vodafone's performance, and we'll mm. come on to them in a second, I hadn't realised that in the UK of pay monthly customers, so yeah. two categories, 90% of people have at some point ported their number from one wow. network to another. Yes. So to be honest, you know, the majority of people now are completely comfortable with the idea that you can port your number. You can move. It's yeah. a two-day process now when it works mm -hmm. correctly. So actually, the only thing keeping people from moving around is contract lock-in. Yes. But So what else keeps you on a network? Well, I think the, surely the biggest thing is the hassle. That's the biggest thing. You, you have to have customer, a few days of customer kind of, service. You walk in and go, all right, I want to change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're pretty good in car from warehouse. Yeah, you know, those kind of places, they are quite, they've got a process for that. I, again, I did, some, I did some homework and the research, if it's to be believed, said that there are only four factors which matter. There are lots of factors which come into play, but there are only four factors which matter across the whole population. And it was price, customer service, 
network performance and handset range. And those four things on generally were also had the same amount of influence. Mm. And I was thinking, well, price, there's a bit of variation. But, but a great deal. But not a great deal. Handset range, for the most part, with the exception of the operator branded things. Yeah, there's which, not, there's one or two. Which tend to be I, I can't see that being a major factor. Well, it, it used to be, didn't it? it? If you're at the, the cheaper end of the That's market, true. the operator branded devices, particularly like Vodafone's, for example, mm. can be appealing. But yeah. if you accept that that's quite a distinct niche in general, you know, the mid to high tier is all the same. But I think it's the, the importance there is actually that perception is retained that, you know, certain handsets are only available on certain operators and they are, you know, often in the first few weeks there's mini exclusives. Yeah. Normally but, most people expect to be able to get any handset on any network yeah. now, especially in the UK. I think that is the case. It's colours yeah. as well. You get different yeah. colours, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Coverage. Now, yeah. this is an interesting one because there's a lot of people who are convinced that some networks are good or bad or whatever, but actually... Ofcom tell us that in coverage terms, that actually you can't really put a cigarette paper between the networks when you consider the whole of the UK. So any problem you have is likely to be a local one. So I think this is an important point that actually coverage, as we all know, I mean, it's the 99% level that they talk about and that's actually they're required to meet. But anyone who comes from a rural area will tell you that there'll be some operators in that area that do better than others. And so, for example, in West Wales, everyone's on Orange in Sussex, rural Sussex, or the part I come from, everyone's on O2 because those are the ones that work reliably. And actually, it's often not whether they work or not. It gets down to quite a tiny level. So if I hold a phone over the hedge, I can get an orange signal in one particular place in East Sussex, but O2 gets it without me having to do contortions to get a signal. And so that kind of localised level, and even the difference when you go into and outside of a building. So despite Ofcom telling us that there's coverage, I, I think that localised, particularly when you talk about very hyper-local levels, is still an important factor. But for me, of those, those four factors, customer service is the one that stands out Absolutely. as being discernibly different. And the reason I say this is, and the reason I was on the radio, was Vodafone's just... What, what happened? Collapse. Yeah. So a year and three months ago, their um, customer complaint scores started to get worse. Right. Uh, Ofcom, who are the regulation in the UK, track this. Now, Vodafone used to be really good at this, by the way. Vodafone used to be really good at this, and EE used to be the naughty children. Yeah. And, and that was partly because they do things that I would complain about, advertising standards and, mm -hmm. and mislead customers and this kind of stuff. And Vodafone got worse. And then they got worse again, and they got worse again. And for five quarters in a row, they've got worse and worse and worse. And now, from a customer service point of view, the numbers, 32 complaints per 100,000, which doesn't feel like very many, but that's properly logged complaints, so we know that there are tons more. That is three times worse than the average. Wow. Yeah. And I think EE is kind of teetering around the average now, if memory serves correctly. But actually, for 02 and 03, it is 10 times worse. Wow. So, you know, it, particularly three, the network, which has just really pissed me off by kicking me off the tariff I love, in general, actually has really good customer service, as does O2. And it's amazing to see in the space of a year that premium network you and and I shared that perception. I, you know, I thought, I thought well, yeah, yeah, that was like a gold standard. The government service. Yeah, well, yeah. all the enterprises, all the businesses yeah. used it. Yeah. You yeah. Know, every business well, I've ever worked for has, has had a, a Vodafone corporate account or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think O2 has always been the boring, safe choice. But to be fair to them... Well, hello I, to all our listeners who work at O2. Yeah, uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm afraid that's kind of the perception I... I have Just often. scrubbing them off the list of future advertisers. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I don't think there's anything wrong in um, being 
boring and safe when you're a kind of that utility provider and people just expect it to work and when you phone up customer service you expect to be dealt with in a kind of friendly manner rather than sort of being a bit flash or a bit different as you sort of get three using the Muppets to do their advertising or whatever it happens to be but I will say when I have called them up when I've needed to have switch from a micro to a nano sim when I you know had lost sim it's all been very efficient and actually they've got a good range of stores you walk in you know, they ask the guru. It all works pretty well. And I, in a recent season, we visited phone shops and we were actually all pleasantly surprised with just how good they were. And actually, I think I, I said I had one of the best experiences was going into O2 after going in the first time and them ignoring me because they were too busy. They just didn't uh, see you. Uh, <laughs> I went back subsequently <laughs> and, the, and they were they were very, the very good indeed. Coming from behind that box. So uh, it's interesting and to your yep. point, actually, I wonder whether customer service might become more of a focus in the future and, and quite what Vodafone's done to sort of reduce well, their score that what, much. What they've, done, what they've done is replace their billing system and oh. they have spent a year getting people's bills and account ah. opening and account closing horribly, horribly wrong. Oh, and that's no. generated lots and lots of complaints. But mm. twenty. So when you look at the complaints to the regulator, 25% of the complaints are not about you billed me too much, you didn't bill me enough, you yeah. cut me off, you didn't sell my account correctly. It was about, I complained and you didn't take my complaint seriously. Yeah. So you're now getting complaints about complaints because they haven't managed to keep up. And this is really telling. My, my favourite one, actually, is that a friend who lives in Belfast was told by a Vodafone shop that he wasn't allowed to buy a phone. I said, why is that? You don't live in the right country. So I live in Northern Ireland. Yeah, but that's a different country, so you can't buy a phone. Um, <laughs> now, yeah, which in some parts of the world will get, will get you in fairly serious trouble. Yeah. But it, it was it was just a real collapse and a real failure of customer service. And there's just story after story after story of getting it wrong and billing too much. But it's happened over the course of a year. So the other thing is your premium choice, Ewan, mm. take your eye off the ball for a year and everything changes. Bang. Yeah. yeah, bang, gone. So recommendations. What are we going to do? What are you going to do in the future about picking networks? And more importantly, what are the people listening to this? What should they do? I think if you haven't looked at your operator recently and the, what they're offering and your price plan, it's very, you should go and have a look. Take five minutes, get onto the website, have a look at what's, what they, they're offering. And I think it's worthwhile even taking 10 minutes at some point soon and just saying, are you getting the best deal? Because actually the service, I think, is more, as long as you're not in an area a la Blandford where you, it really matters, if you're in a metropolitan area, just go and look for the best deal. And I, don't be afraid to move. It's not, it's not it's very easy now. It really works very easily now. I think my recommendation is something I've been looking at recently is up until now, I think we've always said, go on, pay monthly, because you'll get the best value that mm -hmm. way. But now that the operators have divorced the cost of the handset from their kind of monthly billing cycle, or rather it's not attached to the, the service itself, you're actually getting some pretty attractive deals from the operators, particularly when it then That's gets true. tied into yeah. upgrade cycles and some of the operators are now offering the ability to upgrade every 12 months. And there may still be a bit of a cost premium involved, but actually if you're canny and shop around with these things and look quite carefully, mm. you can get some pretty good deals. So actually going back onto a contract can be worth it, especially now as they typically will... Contract, because oh, they, okay, they, they will typically yeah, yeah. also offer 
that contract at slightly less than the rolling month to month price. And so yes. you might be able to save a fiver there. And over the course of 12 months, you know, £60 might be the difference between the extra you're paying to get the handset from that operator. Now, it is still worth checking about what's locked and unlocked. And there's a sort of mixture depending on what handset you're getting and what operator you're from. But that's for me, is a change situation. Mm-hmm. And to me, operators have come back into that selling equation in a way I, I didn't necessarily expect them to. It's not the only thing to do. And I think buying your iPhones direct is probably still worth looking at. But for things like, um, you know, the Samsung range of devices, it, it's definitely worth investigating. And it, to, to Ewan's point, it's basically about doing an audit of the way you buy things. What you, so what, what are you telling the radio for our listeners? I said, be prepared to move networks now yeah. and, and do it. And don't even think about, you know, sort of sticking with the network for the long term. Uh, if your service isn't good Doesn't now. Matter. No, there's no, is, it, well, is there any benefit to sticking with an operator? No. Demonstrably, used to be. Demonstrably yeah. not, because yeah. I was an 11 years customer who couldn't even get a, a loyalty you know, discount yeah. or anything like that when, when the time came. So no, there is no value. But the other thing I would say is that operators will try and convince you to stay by saying, oh, we sell 4G-enabled cameras, or we'll give you a Pico cell, yeah, yeah. or we'll give you an add-on uh, MiFi device, or we'll give you a discount on your iPad tariff. Or we've got an app that you can do calling from, you know, instead of when you're out of signal. Yeah. And I would say discount all of that. It tends to be very poor quality. It doesn't work well. Yeah. Just buy the core service. You know, work out who's got coverage and who's got good speed. Yeah. Go and get a page, go and see them if you need to and try it out. And then stick with those for as long as that persists and then change and change and change again. Getting it right is important because the minute I swapped to three, that really changed my life in terms of connectivity. I think also whilst customer service is up or down, it's also very dependent on whether you're asking about a question that they can answer. So if you're asking a simple question about a simple product, you'll get a reasonably sensible answer. And I went into a store this week and needed to replace a lost SIM from a, a device. And uh, it was done in a heartbeat. Yeah. I then asked about a product question around some extras on an account. And, oh, couldn't answer that. We have to ring up, you know, customer services. and We'll, mm. can, we'll dial the number for you and hand the phone over. I'm in the shop. No, 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 you need to talk to these guys. Just so don't do it. Just buy the core service. You will always be able to better the extras if you are a discerning customer by shopping around yourself. And people who listen to this podcast will be able to get a better deal by using their own intelligence and their own homework to find those products. Final one from me. If you have multiple devices, have them on different networks. My phone is on a different network to my 4G-enabled iPad. I use, have a spare phone Same here. that's yeah. on a different yeah. network as well. By chance, Mrs. Smith's phone is on another network as well. Family plans, bulk buys, you know, incentives are all fine until that network goes down, has poor performance, you have a problem, it gets cut off, there's a billing issue. Spread the risk. It's far better to have service with multiple networks. And many people listening to this will have at least two devices. So spread it around. Anything else for me, Ralph Blanford? I think that's a, it's a good summary. Okay. You're going to get, you get a coffee. Grand. Put yeah, it's time to christen the Blanford man and mug. And I, I'm, I'm actually wondering what we'll make next. I'm thinking maybe Grandfather Clark's, maybe commemorative, cozy. Sh- commemorative shooting paraphernalia. What would, what would the, the 361 discerning, do your word, listener, want? Tea towel. I think a, a Rafe Blanford mask. You know how you can get those, they go completely over your face and you can yeah. be Rafe Blanford for a day. Uh, along with an apron, I'd like an apron. Okay, well, I'll tell from you. The from the Blanford Manor. I think from, that'd be nice. from the Blanford Manor kitchens. Yeah. They're famous for their scones. Yeah, exactly.
Anyways, so you can follow us on Twitter at 361podcast. You can find us at 361podcast.com. If you would like to have a piece of exclusive Blanford Manor memorabilia, you can go to 361podcast.com and there's the details of how to support the show through Patreon. You can also give us feedback, send us comments on each episode there. You can leave us a comment. If you'd like to email us, you can contact us there. And if you're feeling really keen, you can leave us a voicemail and we might play you into the show in the future. You can also find us on Facebook, but don't encourage them we don't like it a couple of thank yous thank you very much to mark at audiowrangler.co.uk he edits these shows and makes them sound a great deal better after the facts than they actually are thank you very much to our friends at Dishes LBI who give us use of these recording facilities in Rife Banford we will be back next week thank you very much for listening bye bye